What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo, DiMontalbano. Fellas, how are we feeling? Day two of free agency. It's been absolutely wild, some major trades, and we're ready for Aaron Rodgers. Some might call this free agency an extravaganza. I've been heard it multiple. I've heard it been called that multiple times. Yeah, it's an extravaganza of all sorts. Uh, and the best part is the league year didn't even start yet. It's all coming down to tomorrow. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers, by the time you're listening to this, he probably leaked his decision already. So fingers crossed, because if it goes south, there won't be another episode of BTT. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Imagine we dissolve for that. That'd be amazing. No, I'll dissolve into the fucking ground. <laughs> all right, fellas. Um, before we get to some of the free agent signings, we have to talk about the major trade that happened on Friday this past week. The Chicago Bears have moved the number one pick to Carolina in exchange for two ones, two twos, and DJ Moore completely shaking up this draft. Carolina now sits at number one, Ray. Talk to me about this trade from the Bears side, moving back to nine. Yeah, I mean, I fucking loved it for the Bears, to be honest. Um, I A little part of me, I thought that like maybe that, that number four spot would make the most sense so they can get one of the two elite defensive players, but they got an absolute haul from Carolina, and I think they set this up perfectly to help build around Justin Fields while also getting enough future assets to kind of hedge their bets. So they got two ones next year, and they got two twos this year, and they got another two in 2025, I believe. So they have the assets that if Fields kind of shits the bed, they can go move up for one of the quarterbacks next year. And also they get him a legit wide receiver number one. I'm a big DJ Moore fan, and he's he's a, he's a player coming in ready to play now and contribute as a elite contributor right away, which I love. No, right. having, to, no having to get a rookie wide receiver in a little bit of a subpar class and hope that they can do it. Everyone knows what DJ Moore is. He's a great route runner, great player overall. So I think it's just made all all the sense in the world. And then at that number nine spot, you can target one of those offensive tackles, presumably offensive tackle number one, to help rebuild that offensive line too. Right. Dean, talk to me about Carolina now sitting at number one. Seems like they gave up a lot, but that's what you have to do to go get your franchise quarterback. And we've talked about it when we did the Carolina rebuild. That revolving door that they've had at quarterback has been – as bad as anybody in the league since 2017. Yeah, call me crazy, but I, I loved it for them. They, you know, they went and got it. And they realized that they were in the complete quarterback dead zone. Uh, after all the hype for all four of these quarterbacks, it seemed very unlikely that any of them would drop to them. As crazy as that sounds, with all the quarterback team needy, uh, needy teams, sorry, in front of them. So I, I personally loved it. DJ Moore, I, I did not see staying there very long. It was always theorized that they would pot- potentially trade him or, or let him walk. And they, you know, they used it for a great purpose, going up and getting Frank Reich. His quarterback won. They obviously love a guy. I'm under the impression that it is CJ Stroud. And I believe you guys are as well. I'm interested. And also Vegas is too, considering I believe last time I checked, he was minus 320 to be the first overall pick. We yeah, have made favorite. crazy weird buzz about it may being AR, which I would be shocked and I would think would be a huge mistake personally. But uh, all in all, I, I like it for both teams. It, it does kind of suck a little bit to see the Bears miss out on one of the top two 
maybe just overall prospects, but those two defensive prospects uh, in the draft, not going back to maybe the four spot with Carolina. Yeah, maybe they felt Indianapolis. Uh, right. I think I think the uneasiness around the Jalen Carter legal situation maybe pushed them out of that spot because I think they would have loved to stay in that top four range, maybe moving back with with Indianapolis. But they move back to nine. They add a pass catcher that they desperately needed. Carolina is not going to be that good next year. They could end up having two very high picks in this upcoming draft next year, too, for uh, for Chicago. So we'll see what happens, and we'll see who Carolina ends up taking at number one. People are speculating that they could even shop this number one pick and try to get some assets back and move to – Hella Costner. I was going to draft day. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the punt returner back. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna Why? touch on that. Like people fucking can. People saying that are fucking insane, man. Like if you think that they gave up all of that just to go try to recoup some of it back by what moving back to number two with Houston, you're fucking out of your mind. They paid the premium so they have their choice of guy, and I, I think it's hard to blame them. I think David Tepper, he's been kind of through the ringer with this trying to find a QB. And none of those uh, veteran options that they've been going for worked out, so you gotta gotta go pay it. I mean, DJ Moore right. probably wasn't going to be there by the time they were ready to compete anyway. And one more thing too, they actually signed Andy Dalton today too. So I don't know, maybe that does give them some wiggle room where they could, if they really like AR, they can sit him behind Andy Dalton for a year. Who who knows? But I, mean, I just thought that was a little uh, curious to say the least. But Man, I think it's Regardless of who they draft, I think having a veteran quarterback behind uh, to at least mentor and back them up is a good idea. Right. Yeah, I think uh, I originally anticipated that they may wait a little longer, closer to the draft to make up this to make this trade. But when you get a haul like this, you might just have to you just have to jump on it. So and uh, also time is time is not uh, your ally for the Panthers. You have to go. Because like yeah. there's too many teams bidding you're bidding right. against, and not to mention uh, DJ Moore, the money that he they're gonna have to the Bears are gonna take on like they could spend that in free agency if you don't make the move beforehand. So I think timing made a lot of sense for them where the Panthers just had to pull the trigger. Right. So that's the big trade that shook up the NFL draft in 2023. Let's talk about the other major trade that happened a few days ago: Jalen Ramsey getting sent to Miami for a third round pick and Hunter Long. Seemed like it wasn't a ton to go out and get Jalen Ramsey, but he is aging. And apparently this is the, uh, the landing spot that he wanted to be at. And that's kind of where the cost lies. Uh, Dean, how do you feel about Jalen Ramsey now in the AFC East? Don't love it. I'm probably a little bit lukewarm about it, but I am, am pumped about this. Hunter Long out of the AFC East? Question mark. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I um, uh, yeah, no, I feel a little lukewarm about it. I, I believe it was a uh, a great move by them. Uh, this is a team that can potentially. We, I mean, we saw them in the middle of the season last year where they looked like they were, you know, running the gamut, and they were they were a top five team for sure with that offense, you know, hitting on all uh, on all syllables. And uh, that's definitely not the saying. Cylinders, cylinders, cylinders. cylinders. <laughs> we're gonna pretend it's syllables. But... We're not. We're not car guys. We're we're, we're sports guys. That's a yeah, car we're, reference. We're, we're sports guys. Sorry. Um. But anyway, this obviously brings <laughs> this. This can make this defense at the same time very dangerous. 
while the offense is obviously going to be really good again. I, I have a lot of faith in it. You know, you can't really predict that Tua is going to have the the horrible concussion problems. But before that, they, they were they were hitting on all cylinders, syllables, whatever you want to call it. So I, I like the move by them. Yeah, Ray, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I heard that the Rams really didn't want to keep him in the NFC, which is, a, I guess, kind of a reason why the price was a little lower. It took took a lot of the teams that were interested out, which I don't know how much sense that makes just based on where the Rams are, but that's beside the point. But it makes a lot of sense for the Dolphins. They needed a cornerback, too. Byron Jones, he's gone, and, I mean, wasn't ever even healthy to begin with. Uh, Noah I, because I can't pronounce his last name, hasn't worked out as that first-round pick. So. I, I bet that's not right, but we'll keep going. I think it uh, is. It's close, very close. But so, yeah, they needed a cornerback too to show up that back end. Their defense is star studded now. So, really good move. But it honestly it was the Dolphins' second biggest move so far because they signed Mike fucking White, which is he's probably going to end up leading them to the glory. So, that's probably their <laughs> biggest move so far. All right, fellas, let's talk. Uh, let's talk some free agency. We're through almost through day two of. What is free agency? The league the league season hasn't opened yet, but a lot of moves have been made. Let's talk about some teams and talk about some moves that they made that we like. Ray, where are you going to start? Um, the move that really caught my eye, I guess, I think it happened today. It may have happened uh, later yesterday with Zach Allen, for the Broncos. I think it made a lot of sense. I think we touched on it during our, um, our Broncos episode, but he follows Vance Joseph to the Broncos uh, and replaces – Draymond Jones, who's actually signed with Seattle, who I think we'll talk about in a little bit, but three years, $45 million, uh, 32 guaranteed, not expensive. I think he got a lot. I think he got less than what Draymond got. I don't know how much, but it just makes a lot of sense because he's following Vance Joseph. He can play that five technique uh, in that three, four defense, kick inside the rush, the passer. And he's coming off a career year. He had five and a half sacks. Uh, I think he had like a a 15% pass rush win rate. Uh, the best of his career, I think it was top 10 actually for defensive tackles, which was pretty surprising, but he's a really good player. He's versatile. And I think uh, it's, he's got a lot of ceiling left to reach. So I think it was a good signing. And then a couple other things that the Broncos did, they got McGlinchey. They paid a fucking hefty price, but I think it was four for 80, if I'm not mistaken, which mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know four or five for 87, my bad, but I mean, they got, they had to show up that offensive line. They allowed the most sacks in the league and, they got Ben Powers as well at guard, so they really showed that they need to uh, that they wanted to address it. And then a smaller move that they made that I really loved too was uh, Samaj Pierre on them signing. I think they signed him for a two year deal around seven million, which I really like. Uh, I, I was talking about it in the Broncos episode how they needed to get another running back to go along with um, what's his name? I don't know why I'm blanking on his name, but uh, uh, no, uh, with uh, Javante Williams. Javante, thank you. Coming off that torn like ACL, LCL, and I think that his uh, Samaj Piran's third down ability just to protect the passer, protect, gives Russ a little bit more time, and be a little hot route out of the backfield makes a lot of sense for them. Nice, yeah. They definitely uh, needed to upgrade that offensive line. Paid a lot for it, but they had to protect for us. Dean, where do you want to start? I'm going to start with the uh, the Falcons, and it feels feels necessary to start with Taylor Heineke. They signed him to two-year deal worth up to 20 mil, so about 10 mil per year. And the reason why I want to shine some light on this is I, I really believe that it indicates that they are aware, the Falcons, I mean, are, are aware that at, at pick number eight, that they are going to be 
potentially getting the fourth quarterback may not even get one at all. They they might be in the quarterback dead zone. You know, I'm assuming they have to know more than we do. And they addressed it by going to get a really gritty underrated quarterback who went five, three and one uh, last year, 2022. He went seven and eight in 2021. He has a career 50, 64% career completion percentage, which is very, very good considering, you know, they got him at 10 mil per year and he probably wasn't heavily sought after. He does have a splash of potential. And I really like that they bring someone in and they don't they don't completely punt on the year or throw in and you know a say they get Will Levis or maybe AR. They throw in a, a quarterback that really can benefit from taking a year off. But at the same time, helping this Arthur Smith offense kind of progress and what I mean by that is obviously you have a lot of young pieces in this offense and you don't want them just to you know get used to a loser mentality and just not really honestly you see most progressions yes uh we they see you see most progressions when you know the team is actually competitive so I really like this uh by the Falcons they also address this O-line which is young and scary actually they're really good they Resigned Caleb McGarry to three years, 34.5 mil. Honestly, I thought he'd go for even more expensive in the open market. I was a little surprised by that. They, you know, they locked down all world, all pro guard, potentially the best in the, uh, in the NFL in Chris Lindstrom, five years, 105 mil. And then they went out and traded with the Titans to get John Smith Smith, which I absolutely love. Arthur Smith wants to get back to pounding this ball and pounding this rock and some two tight end sets with Kyle Pitts. And then you have, you know, Tyler Algier in the backfield. I, I feel like this is actually a team that's ready to actually not be bad and actually be a middle of the pack team and potentially have their quarterback waiting on the bench to propel them, you know, into the stratosphere come two years from now. Yeah, it'll, be def- it'll definitely be interesting to see how much of a shot they give to uh, to Desmond Ritter and compete against Heineke. But I do like the move getting another veteran quarterback in there that they can compete with. And uh, they're not scrapped for options now with, with Ritter and, and picking at eight, like you said, kind of in that quarterback dead zone. Um, so I like what Atlanta has done so far. For me, the first team I want to hit on is the Detroit Lions. I know I've been a big, uh, a big Dan Campbell supporter and a big Lions supporter, but – what they did these past two days has been really, really impressive from the back end. Signing Cam Sutton to a three-year, $33 million deal from Pittsburgh. Had an awesome year last year. He's still, I think he's only 27. Uh, really good signing there. And then the late signing today, getting Emmanuel Mosley from San Fran for, it's only a one-year deal, but for $6 million, I am shocked that San Fran didn't retain, try to retain him, especially if that was the money that was going to him. Um, played like a, a dominant number one corner last year for, for San Fran. And for Detroit, this was a major area of need. This is a big spot where a lot of people were projecting corner at pick six for them. I don't think this even precludes them from taking a corner at six, but you're already taking arguably the weakest room on your roster. And not to say that it's a, a complete strength, but you added two veteran, really talented corners uh, to this defense that they desperately needed. So with two first-round picks in this class, too, I think they can make 
a ton of moves in the in this draft and kind of go get the players that they want because they're not forced to take a corner at six. Uh, so I really love what the Lions did there. Yeah, I think it gives them flexibility more than anything. You're not forced to take the best corner available. Maybe they trade back out of six, get some more draft capital for next year, maybe strike on a QB. Maybe they try to go for Bijan. I think it just gives them a lot of flexibility to pl- have some fun with this draft, especially with two picks in the first and the second, I think. Right. All right, Ray. Who else you want to talk about? I'm going to touch on your other favorite team, the uh, the, the Eagles, you know? Your, your <laughs> fucking – your loves. Um, James Bradbury was the one signing that I wanted – that really caught my attention. I was not expecting him to be back at all. Uh, he got, what, f- three years, I want to say uh, – Three years, $38 million with 20 guaranteed. I think there's some incentives that can go up to 40-plus. I think that's a really good signing. He's a little older. I think he's coming up, uh, approaching his age 30 season, which is why I really thought that uh, a lower team was going to really big, uh, big heavy on him. I didn't think the Eagles were going to be able to retain him. So I was pretty shocked by that. But with that comes the Darius Slay news. They granted him permission to seek a trade. So it does make sense, uh, considering that Slay was unhappy and wanted to get moved, that you wanted to retain that one other guy who was uh, a crucial part of that defense in the back end. So there's still a possibility they add a rookie at that position with either 10 or 31 or 30 rather, but I really like that signing. And then also you bring back Brandon Graham and Jason Kelsey on the one-year deals, which I love. Keep that uh, those veteran uh, presence in the, on the trenches, which I love. And then Rashad Penny is the one-year deal. I'm not in love with Rashad Penny. He's kind of injury prone, but it's a uh, low-risk, high-reward signing. And then on the other hand, they did with a team that was a Super Bowl runner-ups. You're going to lose some guys, so losing out on Javon Hargrave, T.J. Edwards, Marcus Epps, and then presumably Miles Sanders are going to go. It, it does uh, take a little bit of a hit, but I like the guys that they have been able to retain. Right. Yeah, I think we were all kind of waiting on uh, on James Bradbury. I thought he was most likely gone, but with that news of of uh, Darius Slay possibly wanting out. I think they had to go get him. I was also shocked to uh, – I thought James Bradbury was older than Darius Slay. But Darius Slay is two years older than him too. So people Slay, like, Slay's been around for a while. Slay's and been around for had, a while, and it, I think he's like three years older. I think Bradbury's like 29, and, and Slay's like 32, almost 33, I think. Yeah, very interesting to see what happens with that whole situation with the Eagles picking at 10 and 31 too. So corner might be uh, – a spot for them at 10. Dean, who's the next team you want to talk about? Yeah, next I'm going to talk and about the Seahawks, and this is going to be very, very, very short and sweet considering they uh, they got Geno, and then the two signings that they've had are Jerron Reed and the homie Draymond Jones, which me and Ray were just gushing over uh, in our Denver Bronco rebuild app, and we were saying that they were he was a for sure re-sign. And, hey, Seahawks saw their guy, and they went for him. And when I see that they signed Draymond Jones, I just hear in my head Pete talking about how the Seahawks were, you know, the inability they had to get to the quarterback last season and how it kept him up all night and was the main factor in why this defense was 27th in third down percentage. I think they allowed allowed a little bit over 43%, which is just abysmal. Most of those through the air. And, you know, you got to get to the quarterback in this league. We know that. And this defense has has the guys on the back end. It has the guys in in the trenches on on the offensive side. It has the talent on the offensive side. It has the quarterback with Geno. He showed that he could 
You know, he just broke every Seahawk record for passing. And, you know, how do you do that? And how do you elevate the young, talented guys that you have out at edge and help them get to the quarterback? You do that by getting interior D linemen who can create and threaten to create interior pass rush. And that's what Draymond is amazing at. They signed him, by the way, to three years, 51 point, uh, 51 and a half mil. And honestly, probably a little much. I believe that's a few mil per year than what we projected, but I, I think he's going to end up being worth it. He had seven sacks last season and seven sacks the two years before that. He He's very disruptive in the middle of that pass rush. Yeah, they're, they're, pay, they're paying for what they think he can be. And, and exactly, I that, and that, I agree with it, though. That could become a steal in a couple of years, I feel like, and also definitely doesn't preclude them from uh, adding to that defensive line in the draft at number five. You could That could become a real, real strength for them when Pete Carroll said he was keeping them up at night. I was just going to say that another team that has multiple picks in the first round and you're adding to a team need that they were likely going to take at five, now they have a whole bunch of options. I still think they can they can go that route, but um, a lot of options for a young and growing team for the Seattle Seahawks. The last team I want to talk about is the Cincinnati Bengals, and not for positive reasons. I think losing both their safeties, Jesse Bates and Von Bell. Jesse Bates got a four-year, $64 million deal from Atlanta, and Von Bell got a three-year, $22.5 million deal from Carolina. This team is on the up and up, made the Super Bowl two years ago in the AFC Championship game. Um, and this team is young and they're growing and they're in a win now window, right? Um, so I think to lose both those guys who were playing great for them last year kind of leaves their back end in limbo. They did draft Dax Hill last year, but he's more of a slot corner. I think they really needed to retain at least one of these guys. Maybe they weren't going to pay up for Bates. That was the whole talk last offseason that they weren't going to pay him. Uh, but I think letting Von Bell go was a was a big mistake for them. And honestly, in an, a loaded AFC with all these quarterbacks that they have to go against, I think it could be uh, could be tough sledding for their for their back end. Obviously, free agency is not over. We'll see what they do, and we'll see what they do through the draft. But I think it was a big miss for Cincinnati these first two days. Yeah, I mean it's tough. They thought you knew Von Bell was gonna get paid heavy, especially after getting tagged last year. So. I, I presume that he was going to uh, walk already. And Von Bell. Uh, Bates. Uh, did, I say, did I say Von Bell? Yeah. Jesse Bates, sorry. And Von Bell coming off, I think he had five picks this year. So you knew some, a team, on, when he hit the open market, a team was going to overpay. But they did sign Michael, re-sign Michael Thomas. So at least have at least one of those veteran safeties. And I know you said Dax Hill is a slot corner, but he can kind of do it all. So I'm curious to see how they're going to use him going forward. Right. All right, fellas. Um Let's kind of get into some other players, deals that we like. Let's talk about the quarterbacks right now because uh, a lot of stuff going on. Obviously, Lamar Jackson at the top with the non-exclusive tag. Pretty much no movement on that right now. Derek Carr, a four-year, $150 million deal going to New Orleans. Daniel Jones signed a four-year, $160 million deal from the Giants. Uh, Gino got a three-year deal, $75 million. Jimmy Garoppolo got the three-year, uh, $68 million deal from Las Vegas. Where do you guys want to start? Start with Carr. Let's start, let's start, let's start with the uh, – 
believe was the first domino to fall. Am I wrong? Yes, it was. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's start there. And honestly, uh, I've been harping on it. I'm a, I'm a huge Derek Carr truther. I think he has shown the propensity to be that fringe top 10 for sure. Top 12 quarterback for you. And I know when you look at the past Super Bowl winners and and all these teams, all the powerhouse teams that they all have the best three best five quarterbacks. And I understand that. But to find those is is borderline impossible. It's it's so, so hard. So I I I really like going out and getting a guy that, you know, can be right there and can sling with the best of them when he gets down to, when you know, get down to the nitty gritty and potentially you could have a, you know, obviously you're, you're praying that you got a Nick Foles or a Joe Flacco and Joe Flacco is really good, but I don't think it was ever top fives, but you know, one of those guys who could bring you to the promised land. And I don't think it's out of this realm that Derek Carr could potentially do that. I think this team will be a lot of fun to watch this year. They re-signed Michael Thomas to the one-year deal today. They obviously have Chris Olave, who's an absolute beast. And uh, any word on Kamara? Not yet, but he'll he'll end up getting suspended eventually. I was going to say, I I don't know what his, you know, if he's going to play a lot, but it'd be cool if they got like a Jameer Gibbs in the draft. But this is going to be an offense that is not bad, and I think will – will definitely turn some heads in a brutal, brutal, brutal division like we've discussed several times. Yeah, I think that last point is what it comes down to. This division's wide fucking open. Uh, I think it comes. it's essentially like a two-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. They can get out of it after two, maybe three years. So, hey, man, with the, you're in the worst division in football. You have offensive pieces. Get yourself a single caller who can get you to the dance. And if you get to the dance, anything can happen. So I'm not surprised that he chose to go there. I think it was a lot better situation uh, for winning, winning immediately than the Jets, and I think they probably offer him a little bit more money, so it doesn't hurt when you do that either. Yeah, I I think for for New Orleans, I feel like they're just they were in this no man's land kind of spot. They were almost treading water, but with the with the division that they're in just being so bad, I think they just had to make another move. I mean, for how many years have they been in cap hell, and they just seem to push these guys' contracts, so kick them down the kick down the curb. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think it was a lot, but again, they're probably the favorite in that, in that division right now. So uh, can't hate them trying to make a playoff push. By the way, Let's I would do- not be shocked if a Heineke led Falcons team stole this division. What about an Andy Dalton led Carolina team? <laughs> Well, they're the favorite. I, I I think it'd be fun to talk about fringe teams. I thought that's what we were doing. Oh, but, I'm not messing around. But the, um, the ginger rifle is is obviously going to take them to the promised land. So is the red rocket. Let's we'll be political correct here. Come on. Is that, <laughs> does that mean? I thought that was fine. Ginger's a slur. Oh, it is now. Fuck. Big, big I take time. that back. I apologize. I apologize. Is it a slur? Oh no, fucking ginger. <laughs> It's not a slur. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh let, let's move on to uh to Jimmy G, the other quarterback that made the move. Uh, like I said, three years, sixty eight million, going to Las Vegas. I was kind of shocked by this move. Uh, I think a few weeks ago, maybe if you asked me, I think this was probably their route. But it it seemed like in the last few weeks that they were getting more comfortable drafting somebody and possibly having to move up from that seven spot. Ray, talk to me about Jimmy G in Vegas and what, what they're trying to do. 
uh, I don't know how to word this because I heard I heard that they wanted to go up to get number one, but they in the end it couldn't happen. But I'm not surprised Jimmy wanted to go to Josh McDaniels. I'm not surprised Josh McDaniels wanted Jimmy, but I don't really think it makes sense. I think it's a, this is a team that's in no man's land kind of, and they're just trying to tr- uh, tread water for the, the uh, lack of a better term, and it just doesn't really make sense. I don't see him being able to go far with this team in this division. I think it's just it's a baseline. They didn't want to. They don't really want to take a risk. But I mean, who knows? Maybe they do. Maybe they can still get a quarterback in this draft. I just I don't know. It's just so ant to me. It's like a C, C minus. I I'm indifferent about it. Jimmy's very still very young. In I mean, he looks fucking young and he looks good. Obviously, let's let's you know let's start there. I could look at him all day. But besides that, he you know. He's still really young in QB years. Who knows? Uh, and I I think that they evaluate. I, I think exactly what you said was basically the crux of it. They tried going up. They understand that the first two picks will be deciding, will be picking the top two quarterbacks. And I, I believe that, you know, a good amount of the NFL, especially the Raiders, kind of look at it how we kind of look at it. This is a pretty considerable drop off after the first two. And they're really not probably supposed to be you know a top seven top 10 pick and i'm talking will levis anthony richardson so i mean I, I think we're hearing a ton of a ton of you know talk about potentially ar number one i feel like we heard very similar talk about malik willis not about being number one but being the first quarterback and being a for sure like top 15 pick and i'm not gonna lie i i wouldn't be shocked if ar is not a top 10 pick yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I couldn't I could still see if if AR or Will Levis falls, maybe they want Jimmy G to run the ship for the time being and while and let actually AR sit and learn. I wouldn't hate that. I think this move would make a lot more sense if that was the case, but I just don't know if a quarterback's gonna be there. So I think if they can get a quarterback where Jimmy G could uh start for a year, maybe two, I think it makes a ton of sense. I'll and my tone will change by drastically. Yeah. This was another one that I was just like like they're in such no man's land they need a lot of help especially on defense to actually compete for anything and I think Jimmy really worked for San Fran because it was all made all these easy throws Kyle Shanahan's offense and that defense was so loaded they were ready to win a Super Bowl so I feel like Josh McDaniels is ready to basically mimic a very similar offense with very similar reads and where Jimmy G could you know, can can see similar success with a with a power run offense. I don't yeah. think it's out of the question. I, I, that's why. That's obviously why it makes the most sense in my I mean, eyes. Yeah, I just he's, don't he's, know. Go ahead, Ray. I was gonna say he's just, he's gonna get hurt. Like it's, <laughs> it's guaranteed. Like he's gonna get hurt, especially with that offensive line. It's not the strongest, so that's my only concern. I, with paying Jimmy G in general, his I think he's just super super injury prone. Yeah, I just didn't get. The not wanting to pay Carr and then going out and paying Jimmy G. Like, yeah. did you? I agree. Did you upgrade? The, did you upgrade the position? Not I, really. I think what it comes down to is the front office and the coach wanted their guys. I think that's fair. I think, um, yeah, I really do. I think that's why they got Jacoby Myers in. I think they just want their people. All right. Uh, quickly, let's talk about the other three quarterbacks. Two of them who have re-signed with their team. And then the one looming is Lamar Jackson. Uh, let's talk about the Lamar situation really quick. 
it doesn't seem like anybody wants to put in the legwork to get a deal done if Baltimore is just going to match it. I don't see Lamar playing for Baltimore. I have no idea what's going to happen with this situation. Um, And I think Lamar is kind of fucked money-wise. He's definitely not getting what he thought he would. It's so funny to sit here talking about he's fucked money-wise and he's going to receive 30-plus million. But I but you're 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 100 right. He in in relative terms to quarterbacks in the NFL and his caliber of play, yes. he is fucked money wise. I agree with that. I you know at, on this podcast, just like money. everyone else, we're wondering why you know there's not more appeal. There has to be more appeal. And, and for the love of God, I, I didn't want Lamar Jackson as a Jet, and that was probably a very unpopular opinion. And not that I don't want him, but he wasn't my one, my first or my second choice. Yeah, my third. But I, I'm saying that as someone who is not a big, big fan of him being, you know, being the spearhead of my team. I still don't understand how he could lack such, you know, interest from NFL teams. Uh, I'm, but I'm going to assume that no one is going to contest this and he's going to be a Raven. It'd be just fun to see uh, if he shows up to camp. I don't know. He tweeted today. I don't know if anyone saw what he tweeted today. He said 133, three years fully guaranteed, but I need an agent, question mark, and with a smiley emoji face. Wait, wait, I thought, I thought, wait, wait, he needs an agent. I thought it was like, I thought there was rumors going around like a month or two ago that he needed an agent. And then he like, he tweeted saying that that was complete bullshit and that he had an agent with like laughing emojis. Now he's saying he needs an agent. I think you misunderstood said what I just said. My bad. My he said bad. he got, he said he got offered three that, years, 133 million fully guaranteed. And he said, but I need an agent like, ha ha. Like you, like I got a fucking offer for $133 million fully guaranteed. Like, but I need an agent like sarcastic. Do you, you know yeah, what I'm saying? I'm, is it cool if I pretend I do? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you saying? Are you like saying that he's saying that sarcastically? Like that is not enough money. No, he's saying that he he's shitting on people who's who are shitting on him for not having an agent. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Um. Cool. Thank quickly, you. Yo, so gut, you completely, gut, me, bro. Thank you. Gut, gut feeling. Dean said he thinks he ends up back in Baltimore. Ray, what do you think? Yeah, I think he ends up back in Baltimore. Do you think he shows up to camp? Yeah. No. I don't think he does. No I, mean, shot. I, I think there's I think a contract ends up getting signed. I don't think anything else makes sense. I think especially after the draft, that's when it gets interesting. Yeah. I think Washington makes a lot of sense, honestly. I think so too. I mean, I would think so if their owners showed the team already, but in the middle of a sale, I don't think it makes sense. Fair enough. Isn't that crazy uh, if that actually has bearing? Let's let's quickly Ray, you talk about one, Dean, you talk about the other. Um Two quarterbacks going back, Daniel Jones and Geno Smith. Who wants to talk about Danny Dimes? Uh, Ray, 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 take you know, take the reins, brother. I'll, I'll touch on Dimes. Yeah, uh, take it. Talk Nichols. I have to start by saying this contract is inherently risky. I mean, it is. <laughs> uh, essentially, it's. I think it's another one. It's essentially like two years fully guaranteed. Two years guaranteed. Uh, forty mil per. I think his cap hit this year is like thirty seven, maybe thirty seven for the first two years. <laughs> I know it's like working away where it's a little favorable early on, but I think the biggest 
thing with this is that they were able to tag Saquon because if they had to tag Daniel Jones, I think Saquon was as good as gone. Or if not, it would have been a, a drastic overpay for running back on a second contract. So they get Daniel, they get uh, Saquon for another year. Curious to see if they try to trade him. I don't know. I think that would make a lot of sense. But overall, I think it, it was the Giants kind of had to do it. He they outperformed what they were supposed to do. It was mostly because of him and obviously the coaching staff. So it was a situation they had to sign him, and that's just the going rate for a quarterback on a second contract. So yeah, definitely they had to they had to sign their guy, even if it wasn't Shane and um, and Dable's guy. But I think they did a really good job structuring this contract where they can get out. Uh, in the first two years, if they need to. Dean, let's talk about Gino real quick. Uh, three years, $75 million. What do you think about the contract and Gino going back to Seattle? Yeah, Gino's the boy. I, I They got they got a solid deal. I, I love I, – it, it seems it seems like it's it's a it's an incentive-heavy deal with the max being 105, and I love that for Gino. I feel like he's a guy who's highly, highly motivated, and he's not averse to having, you know – really kind of have another chip put on his shoulder by, you know, by his organization. I think they're fully behind them. Pete Carroll is amped the fuck up. Like I just said before, Geno Smith set, I think every passing record, obviously surpassing Russell Wilson. And I'm excited to have him go do it again. Just like Jimmy G he's fairly young for a quarterback and he doesn't think about it. He also has like no, you know, he's got no tread in his tires. He's ready to go. He's like a young man. He's like young twenties. Have him go out there and cook. Yeah, like actually stuff. cook, not like Russ Cook. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to bring that up like that. But yes, not not like Russ Cook. Like actually cook. Good stuff. Let's uh, let's talk about some other deals that we like. Ray, where do you want to start? Um, I don't know. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk, let's talk, let's talk uh, we, we we didn't talk about the Gilmore trade. You want to talk? Yeah, go ahead, Dino. Yeah, you give me a second. Good job. What was go that? Ahead. Yeah, give me a second to think about what I was going to say. You, you talk about that. Go ahead. Okay, I don't even have it pulled up here right now. But I, uh, I uh, but I think uh, they got him from the Colts for what? For it was a, a it was a fifth compensatory pick. I believe. Okay, thank you very much, Sauce. I love that. We uh, we we did a few mock drafts, and I believe in two out of three, we have them addressing corner. Am I wrong? I don't know off the top of my head, but, but, but it we definitely did, is a need for them. But we did, yeah, we liked it as a, you know, we liked the cornerback, you know, really addressing the opposite side of Diggs and that, you know, cornerback two was was a, was a big need for this team. And I thought going on and getting Stephon Gilmore, who played some solid football and uh, I believe had some durability issues, so he wasn't on the field all the time, but you know, go get a guy who not too long ago was a defensive player of the year, and he was an absolute animal lockdown corner. Yes, on a on a very favorable cornerback, you know, fa- very favorable team to be a cornerback on in the pa- Patriots. But nonetheless, this guy has a ton of skill, and I I mean, I'm pretty sure he's not too old. You know, he is definitely older years, but I could see him being an instant contributor and and making a big difference in the secondary. So. I, I like that pick. I like that trade a lot for them. Let's uh, yeah, we're just gonna kind of bounce around now. And talk about some other deals that we like. Right, you got one, or you want me to go? Yeah, yeah. David Long, two two for eleven. I think a really good value. 
And I've been saying for a, a little bit, I think that the Dolphins need to get stronger up the middle. So I think it makes a lot of sense. Good value, albeit he's another one who's probably going to end up getting hurt. But at five and a half mil a year, it's not really that big of a risk. So I really like it. Yeah, I like that one too. That was definitely one I was going to bring up. Uh, first one I'm going to bring up is Juwan Taylor. Uh, seems steep, but he's only 25 years old. Four years for $80 million to Kansas City. They let Andrew Wiley go. He's uh, now in Washington. And I think they immediately upgraded this offensive line. Well, well, they actually – I'm so sorry to cut you off, Sauce. They're actually converting him. He's going to be a left tackle. Good job, Uh, Dan. Orlando Brown is on as well. Oh, you did? Sorry. But I'm sorry. I I mean, just to – I guess I'll just take – I'll fucking uh, take the spotlight. I'm sorry about that. But uh, anyway, you cannot – you cannot dispute that Andy Reid doesn't know offensive line talent. I feel like he's brought in guys and made units look a lot better than they are. Granted, he obviously has Patty Mahomes, you know, running around like a madman at times with, you know, his hair on fire. Um, but Juwan Taylor, I wasn't a huge fan of this at first, but Andy Reid doing it gives me, you know, a vote of confidence that I can I can get behind for sure. Four years, yeah. 80 mil is a lot. Yeah, I I mean, only 25. I think they do see him as a left tackle, and everybody's been saying that they see Orlando Brown as a right tackle. So I think that's where the Orlando Brown not getting a deal yet um, is kind of coming into play. And I think the longer this drags out, the more likely he is to go back to Kansas City. So if they were able to retain Orlando Brown, albeit maybe only a one-year deal or two-year deal, um, I think they're in a great spot upgrading that uh, that offensive line. And from what we've seen from the Kansas City Chiefs, the only thing that can really get to them is a strong defensive line and their offensive line not holding up. We saw that in the Super Bowl that they played against Tampa when their tackles were out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they just really got to, to Pat. So protecting him with, with a guy like Juwan Taylor, who's only 25 years old, I love the move. Uh, Dean, give me one more one more deal that you liked. One more? Yeah, one more deal. I I hate it. I I kind of hate it, but I I, I want to say I like it because I'm a big Darren. You can hate it. I used, hate to, it. I used to love Darren Waller. Uh, amazing story, you know, of recover, recovered addict, and he's uh, obviously been clean for X amount of years now, and you know, a crazy talent has not been able to stay healthy, but he was just acquired by the G Men uh, from Vegas for a third rounder actually, which is very rich for a uh, tight end who has not played a ton of football and has production wise fell off uh, a metaphorical cliff, theoretical cliff, maybe metaphorical. I think that works. Right. Can you check me on that? Metaphor works. Cool. Metaphorical, metaphorical cliff. So I I can see this being uh, a genius move by Brian Dable. And again, that's another vote of confidence for an offensive skill position that I I can get behind and maybe, you know, get over the metaphorical jump off the cliff production wise. Dean, sometimes you got no one to pull the ripcord, man. Pull it. You don't need to. You don't need to add that extra sentence. You know. <laughs> I saw no, in your I eyes. Want, you, <laughs> I just. Want, I just wanted to make sure you got it right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. This deal essentially be, became Darren Waller for Kadarius Tony because that's the pick they got back from Kansas City that they used. Guess to what? Over. They got a fucking steal because holy shit, that guy is actual AC, ACL 
Asil Terry in the comebacks. If anyone's watched that movie, you're welcome. But holy shit, I actually cannot get over, as Ray would put, because this is actually very funny. A strong gust of wind has that guy out two to three. <laughs> it's actually crazy. I cannot watch. I can't watch it any longer. If he was on my football, if he was on my team that I had allegiance to, I would be furious. All right, right. give me one more deal that you like. Uh, we we kind of glossed over it uh, earlier, but Andrew Wiley for the uh, Commanders, three years, twenty four million, great value. We talked about it in um one of those episodes that the Commanders need to get stronger on the offensive line. Wiley's uh, Super Bowl champion, he's played right tackle, right guard, so he's got some versatility. Uh, I really love the fit, and he he joins the enemy in Washington, so I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I like that one too. Last one I want to talk about is uh, Dalvin Tomlinson going from uh, Minnesota to Cleveland, four years, $57 million. I think this is a really good deal for them, especially what you saw what Javon Hargrave get uh, and Tom Payne get. Obviously, they are much better players than Dalvin Tomlinson. Dalvin Tomlinson, a really good D-tackle, and from what we've seen from – that Cleveland Browns team desperately needed to get stronger in the middle of that D line. They needed to be able to stop the run. And I think if you get a full season of, of, uh, of Deshaun Watson, this team's in a really good spot. They have a lot of good pieces. This offensive line's really good. This run game's really good. And, uh, and their secondary is really strong. Obviously they have miles Garrett too, uh, rushing the passer. So I think this is a big add for them, especially because they don't have a first round pick. In this draft, you know, I, I like the signing and the team fit. I thought the contract was a, a little bit more than I thought it was going to be, but at the same time, you could probably get out of that relatively soon. But like, he's a good player. He's just not, I don't think he's a great player. He's a good player. Yeah. I, I thought it would come in more towards like 12 and a half, 13 ish. Um, it's over that, but I, I do think with the, with the lack of, draft capital that they, that they have they needed to uh to make an, a move like this to get an impact player at a at a big need for them so, like good that point. one too all right fellas that was a good one uh obviously free agency is still going on still a lot of guys to be had including Aaron Rodgers so we'll, we'll see you guys at, at 1 p.m tomorrow uh, we're also going to have a Jets preview app coming up this week should be tomorrow host roger so stay tuned for that all of our jet fans um fellas anybody else we want to touch on anybody not sign that you want to touch on before we get out of here uh honestly we're a little strapped for time and i think that was a hell of an extravaganza there's more to be had there is of course so there's a that's the fun part of the nfl and especially free agency arguably the second best time of the season Obviously, first being uh, the NFL draft, but there's always fun to be had and there's always guys to talk about. We are actually missing like 100 guys and 100 moves, but you'll have to look up that shit yourself. That is. All right, that'll wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our free agent extravaganza. Come back. Like I mentioned, we got a Jets preview episode coming tomorrow, dropping Thursday. So stay tuned for that. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at Two Tackles with number two. Stick with us as we continue this 2023 draft season. Fellas, appreciate you. See ya.